0: Hi, welcome to the Mainstream Mavs Podcast. This is your host, Will. I'm joined here with Jaron. What's up, guys? And today we're going to be getting into the recent happenings in free agency regarding the Mavs, kind of just their lack of action. It's been really quiet on the Mavs front the last couple of days. And then we'll maybe get into um, Sam Amico, I believe, posts on Twitter that there was a – that Colin Sexton, uh, the Mavs are exploring a run at Colin Sexton. I don't know how credible that is, but we will definitely dive into those possibilities. And we'll also get into – I believe Tim McMahon said today that the Mavs may want to keep a last roster spot open. That would obviously affect their – Supposed pursuit of Goran Dragic that I guess has never like thoroughly been reported, but it's been an on and off going rumor for about three years now. Obviously, he's playing with Luca and the FIBA world qualifiers right now in Slovenia. Um, and um, yeah, and maybe we'll dive a little into some just a couple of the moves that have happened to the league uh, that have happened in the league the last few days. And some guys we thought the Mavs may have been able to get. All right, so uh, starting off, Jaren, um, the Mavs, the one move they did make, um, I believe yesterday they signed Theo Penson to a one-year minimum deal. Yes, correct. Um, right. A lot of fans on Twitter were – it was very mixed in terms of um, their reaction to this. A lot of them were happy because, you know, Theo provides great vibes off the bench. Um, I do believe that the Mavs were gassing it up a little bit. They told Tim McMahon that. They to see him as, like, a developmental player. I think he's, like, 25 yeah, I like, I don't or 26. But... I, mean, I mean, I'm sure he can get a little better, like, be maybe, yeah. like, you know, be a fringe rotation guy. But I, I wouldn't go as far to, as to say, quote, unquote, developmental player. But um, he has an official roster spot now. He's not in a two-way anymore after he got brought in during the uh, COVID hardship last year in December um some fans are mad at this or like oh why are we wasting a roster spot and a vibes guy but i guess my opinion is is that he's at the very end of the bench like you know you can have one or two guys that are ne- that are kind of like fringe nba players at the end of the bench especially with how good he is for the locker room what uh what was your reaction to that jern
1: uh i mean i i'm a i'm a huge fan of theo pinson mm-hmm. i love what he does um you know he's not on the court itself but on the benches, you know, you're getting the guys going. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're creating culture. Like, I think I think that was a reason. That's a huge reason uh, why we went to the Western Conference Finals that nobody talks about is the Mavericks had such deep culture. And at the heart of that was Theo Pinson. Um, he wasn't playing. But even even still, like, he's he's throwing his heart out. Mm-hmm. Jaren, I mean, I loved – what was it? I think it was up to $100,000 in fines. Oh, oh yeah from the, the especially enemy. like
0: the what was it like the white shirt thing or the water yeah, yeah yeah
1: but i mean little stuff like that like you know i mean it's a it's an nba franchise a hundred thousand dollars isn't really anything
0: mm-hmm. so
1: you can be a little petty well
0: with that. cuban not wanting to pay tax ever okay right? well
1: yeah <laughs> maybe that's why but
0: yeah
1: it's it's you know fun it is fun i i enjoy him a lot yeah um now, to your point, what you said earlier about how fans are a little mad. I I understand it. I mean, after all, it is a it is a roster spot we could use for someone.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: you have to think about the, you have to think about it like this. Um, I think the two main points in terms of re signing guys this offseason was Jalen Brunson and resigning Theo Pinson. Now the Jalen Brunson thing clearly didn't happen. So yeah. I feel like most people just kind of threw it out that, oh well. Like, I, I I think most people just forgot Theo Pinson existed. Yeah. Uh, and then seeing that name randomly pop up uh, Thursday or – no, Friday. Friday. Yeah. I think a lot of people were like, oh, yeah. Well, why are we
0: wasting a roster spot on yeah, that? Yeah, and I think I think a lot – I think that had the Mavs re-signed Jalen Brunson, there would not have been as bad of a fan reaction.
1: Exactly,
0: yeah. But I feel like a lot of it had to do with, like, them not being satisfied regarding Brunson not re-signing them. Like, the Mavs are just out here signing to, to get Theo Pinson. They're not doing anything. <laughs> um which I do get that to an extent but you know I still there I still think that there is credence to the fact that the Mavs might make a trade but um I still think that they're waiting for the Kevin Durant fallout um now the Mavs have said this like the last two off seasons we've been like massive made a move and they're like oh surely they can't keep this guy now Dwight Powell's going to get traded and it never happened uh this season you know with Nico you know finally having a full off, off season under his belt last year I am a I'm at least a little bit optimistic that the Mavs still have, you know, well, you know, not just like droggage for instance because that would be I guess another veteran minimum that we'd bring in that we'd bring in if we actually do use the um 15th roster spot but just the fact that they have like another trade in them even if it's something small I don't know um I just have a little more optimism for some reason that could yeah. come back uh back to bite me but as of now, I'm just going to try to stick to it amidst these trying times with Brunson leaving because I have to have something to cling on to because, obviously, um, I've been very largely distraught that Brunson left, especially having seen his farewell post on Instagram today.
1: Yeah, that, that was kind of emotional. Yeah. <laughs> I will admit.
0: Yeah. Um, and I also saw it was funny. It was like uh, Jeff Kin Wade was talking about it like on Twitter he had some tweet regarding how he like doesn't remember much from like when he was three years old. Cause I guess Brunson came out and said that he's wanted to play for the Knicks since he was three years old. And he's like, I don't know. I just thought that was funny to like, you know um, I do wish Brunson the best and all, but you know, personally, like I didn't have like really any goals or aspirations when I was three years old, but you know, each whatever. Yeah, <laughs> um, I'm done with that. The Brunson stuff. Um, I'm ready to just take the L and move on. I mean, I'm sure it'll keep coming up as how, you know, can, regarding how he plays in New York and all that stuff. It's going to be a continued.
1: Hey, we'll awesome see if it
0: But it's something you're... that I don't want to have to, like, dwell on every day, especially yeah. after all we just went through with that. So, yeah, besides that, the mass have not done anything in a couple days. There's been. Two guys, to my recollection, that the Mavs could have signed with the taxpayer MLE, that I would have probably preferred over Javale McGee with that money. Um, Those being Bruce Brown, who signed um, he signed for the taxpayer MLE for two years in Denver, and Lonnie Walker signed for one year in um, for the Lakers. The Lonnie Which, Walker thing, I think he was just taking a discount to go to the Lakers. Uh, yeah. Bruce Brown, I would have definitely preferred him over JaVale McGee, but it is what it is. It's not like the 2019 offseason where the Mavs just had a ton of dudes who they could have offered money to that signed for less, and they just didn't spend any of their money. What are your thoughts on that, journey?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, personally, I didn't even have those two. I had Bruce Brown. I didn't have Lonnie Walker on my board. Because yeah, I man. figured, and I wasn't little. I wasn't really pressed about Bridge Brown. I wasn't. We need this guy. We need to go get right. him. Right. Um, would Would it be nice to have him? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But th- I, the reason why I wasn't really pressed is because you know I figured these guys, especially Lonnie Walker, I figured these guys would be signing way bigger contracts than. Oh yeah, me too. The what was it, six and a half or whatever? Yeah, I came it's uh, like a
0: little under six point five. The text payment. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and you know you're seeing. I saw the Bruce Brown one. I believe that one came first. Yeah. And I was like, wow. Uh, I mean, he's signing for a contender, uh, Denver, I believe. Yep. And so maybe that's his reasoning for taking – because I feel like he could get more money somewhere else. No, and yeah.
0: Then I mean, the, I, the, the, he could have – He had his pick of the litter in terms of contenders. He could have gone to on the taxpayer Emily. Yeah. He's yeah. in Denver.
1: No, yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, Lonnie Walker's situation – uh, I mean that guy. I mean he's a great role player in the NBA. I feel like I think he could have chose anywhere, gotten a lot more money. But I mean, we've seen the LA teams, I guess, underpaying—not underpaying, but getting away with. Yeah, you guys uh, got right. discounts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah.
0: So yeah, um, I'm not really too pressed about those. There was not really any egregious examples of guys signing for way less than the Mavs could have offered. So on that front, I'm really not too bad. Um, I guess a sort of pseudo-Mavs trade target, Malcolm Brogdon, fell off the board. Um, the package, he ended up going to the Celtics for a 2023 first-round pick, Daniel Tice and Aaron Neesmith. A lot of people were like, oh, wow, I can't believe Brogdon went for that low. Um, What a value play the Celtics got, especially since they'll probably end up bringing him off their bench. Still starting smart. Um, I would concur from it. And the only reason I'm not mad from a value standpoint from the Mavs not being able to get him is because the Celtics gave up their um, 2023 first-round pick. The Mavs do not have their 2023 first-round pick. And because of the step rule, they can't trade a first-round pick till 2025 Yeah, um, because, they're obviously, their 2023 first-round picks with the Knicks. So I believe that had the Mavs had their 2023 first-round pick, they definitely could have gotten that conversation maybe with, like, Hardaway Jr. and Josh Green in their 2023 pick for Brogdon. I definitely think that would have been applicable. But I feel like that pick being a little farther along kind of – Limited the Mavs from being able to get in that discussion. What do you think, Jern?
1: No, yeah, uh, I mean, I was surprised. That was, I, I believe. Yeah, I mean, problem. don't get
0: me wrong. I was, I still think yeah. he's worth more than he went for. Like,
1: I mean, he I, went for a guy who comes off the end of your bench, and then a center who's in and out of the rotation depending mm-hmm. on what how he plays, I guess, and what system. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 2023 first was the real value pick. I don't know how many first round picks the Pacers have now. Yeah, uh, that definitely adds to an arsenal, mm-hmm. um, and they'll only get more whenever they trade Miles Turner, which I feel like is a given now.
0: Yeah, I'd really, really interested to see how where he goes. I feel like the Raptors would be a big play for him if they don't, and because I've heard the Raptors, been rumblings the Raptors are in the Kevin Durant sweepstakes. I feel like I could see Turner getting moved there, but I mean they could end up just keeping him. But I mean, yeah, I mean that package would be very similar to something the Mavericks could offer um you're getting a young player with a little bit of potential and like josh green that's the aaron neesmith play even though aaron neesmith is a way better shooter than josh green yeah and um then you get a solid veteran role player which is daniel tice and in our case it'd be like tim Hardaway jr um, at
1: this rate at this rate miles turner might be on the minnesota timberwolves <laughs>
0: like, oh yeah they... the way they're stacking up centers yeah. yeah i know yeah oh yeah so yeah let's talk about that for a sec um uh, you know, obviously, no Mavericks ties here. Um, maybe in a potential fallout if the Jazz are trying to move some of their rotation players like a Clarkson or a Bogdanovich at some point. I don't really know how the Mavs would get in those discussions. Yeah. Um, but I guess let's just look at it. The Utah Jazz got Rudy Gobert. And I'm no, just going to no. go – No, I'm way going to watch that. The Minnesota <laughs> Timberwolves got Rudy Gobert for Patrick Beverly – Malik Beasley, Jared Vandervelt, Walker Kessler, four first round picks in a 2026 pick swap. Am I correct on that? Oh, and Leandro Bal- Balmaro.
1: Oh, uh, that was that was a day after. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but that was the full yeah, trade, right? Correct. Damn, I got it right off the top of my head. Let's go. So
1: that that's um, bit, technically six first round picks right there.
0: One yes, is Walker. I mean, Walker, yeah, Walker Kessler just got drafted. Um, and then that—I mean—that pick swap is not necessarily a first-round pick, but yeah, um, yeah, they have the right. Like, if I mean, Utah's going to have the right if Minnesota has a higher pick in that draft to swap with them, but they don't necessarily have to. That's their choice. So, I mean, I would kind of say that I'd say they got five and a half first-round picks, and. An assortment of young players i mean they obviously beverly like i could definitely see him getting waived um that could be a potential target for the Mavs, but i mean and uh, i think he even i don't think he'd sign for the vet the vet minimum no so I, I would kind of cross him off the table yeah unfortunately uh, but you never know i mean if he's getting waived and he's getting a buyout obviously and maybe he's like oh i'm satisfied with my money for you i'll take a vet min to go play in a contender you never know Um, but I don't know. I personally kind of just don't see him coming to the Mavs, especially after all his battles with Luca and stuff and then beefing at each other. I Um, would love him. Oh no, I'd like him too. I mean, yeah. Uh definitely would add a lot more defense to the and culture. I guess right now I don't say that I don't really feel like the Mavs have a guy who can defend point guards adequately outside of like Reggie Bullock, but he still can't stay with like the really quick guys. So I, yeah. I mean I wouldn't like hate Beverly but I don't I wouldn't start him by any means. No, I wouldn't start yeah, him. Yeah, I don't think he's like solving the Mavs playmaking issues post Jalen Brunson by any means or anything like that. He's like 32, 33 whatever. But no, that would be good. I, that could that'd be interesting to see what the Jazz do with him. But um just in terms of the haul that the Jazz got for I mean for Rudy Gobert, um what do you think does that like speak to anything in terms of what the haul for Kevin Durant could be? Dude, uh
1: yeah, there's no saying what that haul could be yeah. uh, after seeing this one. Like, I Rudy Gobert is a great player, don't get me wrong. He's two time defensive player of the year. Uh, I think he had a down year last year, yeah. Um, just with and all I the think, drama I that, I think went on.
0: he helps cover up a lot of what Cat can't do defensively. Oh, yeah, like mm-hmm. this team,
1: that Minnesota team is going to be and the fact that they were able
0: to keep Jalen McDaniels in that deal. That's
1: that's the big, big surprise.
0: Um and Delo oh, yeah. like I I mean that gets taken out of context like the second I saw that notification I was like oh Delo's going to Utah
1: like, I texted you that yeah <laughs> okay. exactly um no yeah but I think still from a value perspective I I mean Utah they got from twenty twenty three to twenty twenty nine I believe yeah the all, like they got
0: every single odd numbered year first round pick from yeah Minnesota like,
1: that alone. I think I – mean, I mean, on that, top that, of yeah, that, you get four yeah. players. I mean, they're not going – they're not going to win. They're not trying to win, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, if they make a play-in game, cool.
0: Well, I mean, uh, yeah, it w- it's really going to depend because I don't know if Utah's in fire cell mode.
1: No, I don't think they're quite there yet.
0: Well, then you also do have to consider, though, they just traded Royce O'Neal. He's one of the 3 and D players for a first-round pick. Well, Malik Beasley now covers that. But, what do you mean? Like, well, I, I mean, I well, guess – Well, he's that, not bad. I know, but he's like more of a – He's a forward, but Malik Beasley or I mean, he's he's more of like a scoring guard. Are you yeah, talking about? Okay. Um, yeah, I was, was thinking it? of Vanderbilt. Yeah. yeah, I was. I was, say, I was thinking. Of oh, OK. OK. I gotcha. Um, yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, yeah, you get uh Vanderbilt. He's now a young like you have you
0: have some young assets. Now. No, you have some young assets to definitely move. And I don't feel like they're obviously not going to keep all those first round picks going forward. But yeah. I mean it's just real interested to see. Like, I don't think they're gonna trade Donovan Mitchell personally. I think that's no. blown out of proportion. I think but, I think this is a yeah. retool. If it's a retool. I don't yeah, I don't necessarily think the jazz are rebuilding. I don't think they're going to that stretch. Cause yeah. they just they just locked down Mitchell in that extension or something last year. Like they're definitely not just gonna want to ship him off and completely blow everything up as young as he is. And I don't think he's like expressed some desire to get out of there quite yet. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see what they can do. No, with um, that
1: being said, though, could they ship off
0: some – Bogdanovich updated, or – Yeah, like, like – yeah, no, I could be. definitely see that, especially with like Beasley. I mean, he is very comparable to Clarkson in terms of he's a guy that's going to come off the bench and get buckets for you. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, they're going to have – does,
0: He doesn't have that sort of like downhill like – Um, he's like different from Clarkson. This, in the sense that, you know, Beasley's more of a jump shooter. He's going to hurt you on pull-ups and stuff, and Clarkson's more of like a downhill, get in the lane and just, you know, do weird stuff and, you know, knife it down your throat and get it to the guys in the lane. But Yeah, um, put you on. He definitely he, – he, he, he plays that similar type of role. So, And then, you know, they got some young wings, but Bogdanovich is getting older. I think he's like 33, 34. I, I'd not- be interested to see if they try getting any of those off – any of those guys to, you know, maybe get some young assets. I mean, I just, you know, from a Mavs perspective, I really don't see an angle to get any of those guys. I don't know about you, but, you know, I would definitely, if the Mavs could get a Clarkson or a Bogdanovich, I'd be, oh, I'd over be so happy important. for that.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I highly doubt there's any way we could, but I'd be, yeah. I, I would be so in for that. Mm-hmm. Like, we saw Bogdanovich being, I, I guess, the number one defensive player on Luka. It, no, yeah. I mean, I think he's
0: an extremely underrated defensive player. Yeah. By no means is he like some all team, you know, like all NBA defensive player. But I mean he's I feel like he's a slightly above average um defender just from the intangible aspect. Like he's really smart. He moves his feet a lot better than you expect him, and he stays in front of guys real well. Exactly. I mean he, he's yeah. not gonna like get like chased down blocks on anybody, but um he plays passing lanes good and I mean he's just really good intangibly and I don't like, I don't think like, you know, you put like um, Bogdanovich on the floor with Luka and, you know, people are going to, you know, say the stereotypical, oh, it's white, you're go you can't <laughs> yeah. play defense. But I mean, I I don't re- really think he's a black hole in defense whatsoever. He's not no, like not Davis Berton. Yeah. Like
1: Davis um, Berton's is a whole other planet.
0: Yeah. I will say though, Davis had some like weird defensive moments in the playoffs that I will cling to that like he just like randomly got like, chase down, come from behind blocks after getting beat off the dribble. <laughs> That's
1: called playoff effort. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm it, not going to call that good defense. I'm just no, but, but. <laughs> hey,
0: Davis Davis works, man. and I, oh, I, yeah. I, I mean, I do appreciate that about him is, like, I mean, did Davis play up to his contract by any means? Like, hell no. But Davis definitely, like, he gave the Mavs a little more than I guess I expected after coming off. Uh,
1: especially in the playoffs. I wow. yeah. was
0: amazing. especially in the playoffs. Yeah, it's
1: some really, really good minutes.
0: <laughs> no, I agree, I definitely agree.
1: Yeah,
0: all right. So, I guess next we'll get into the fact that the Mavs, uh, per Tim McMahon, um, potentially want to keep their last roster spot open, uh, in terms of just, I guess, maybe flexibility in regards to like some trades they may have in the works. Um, maybe they're waiting for the Kevin Durant fallout, just trying to get like in. Some signing trades or three-team deals down the line later this offseason, and they're not, I guess, like, they're not really pressed to, like, go out and sign Goran Dragic immediately to that 15 roster spot. Me, personally, um, I'm kind of in the camp that I don't want Drogic just leaving and, like, signing a vet minimum with the Lakers in, like, a week or two just because the Mavs wouldn't offer soon enough. Like, I would much rather just sign Drogic and then – if if he obviously if you know, given that he'd take the vet minimum, which I think, you know, he just did make like 18 million last year after having got bought out or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, I'd much rather just sign Dragic with the veteran minimum and you know, figure all the trade stuff out later if that if that's even an option. What about you, Jaron?
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, keeping that, that roster spot open leaves some flexibility around. Uh, but with that being said, like I honestly personally now i i have no proof to this but i I wonder if it's a mutual thing where it's like you know once you're done with FIBA, once you're done playing with luca and Slovenia, you know come over here we'll sign a contract if we make something happen before then uh you might be included um but i wonder if it's something like that but from from your standpoint where it's like say like safe of mind like or however the phrase is Mm -hmm. uh just reassurance that you know you have that 15 spot now. Like no, yeah, I could is on the roster. Finally, I could
0: definitely see it being like you know like maybe like Dragic is already like so tight with Luca, and maybe like the mass front office that he's like, all right, like let's see what y'all can do trade wise, and then I'll you know make my decision. If you guys have an offer open roster spot, if I want to join after FIBA, you know I'm real focused on playing right now. I could definitely see it being something like that, but you know obviously we have no way of telling if it if that's the yeah. case. So it just makes me a little bit concerned, and i I'd wish they tied him up. I would wish that they would just tie him up sooner and later, especially after like, just seems like it's been three and a half years with Dragovich rumors, <laughs> exactly, nothing happening. But, like I would
1: be, I'd be lying to say if I I wasn't a little concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I don't know. I've I have some I, I don't know warranted, but I I have some confidence in this front office. So.
0: Yeah, I have cautious optimism with this. Yeah, office. Right. um, Mark Cuban is still the owner of this team. I wouldn't say I'm, like, extremely confident in everything this front office has done or is doing, but I feel like they've done enough and they've got enough low-value plays on guys, especially with Christian Wooden, um, Jaden Hardy, that even with losing Jalen Brunson, especially with the comments that came up today that apparently Brunson – or it kind of had surfaced that Rick Brunson was telling the Knicks that Jalen had been wanting to play with them since the beginning of the season. He just didn't know if the Knicks would be able to clear the cap to get him. That, I mean, I don't really necessarily like hearing that just because I feel like it was in the cards from the from the start and the Mavs really couldn't do anything about that. That yeah. makes me put less blame on the Mavs in terms of, like, offering the – not offering the extension to Brunson in January because I just really don't feel like he would have took it. Um and, I mean, I un- – I un- you know, while we can put blame on the mass front office for not giving Brunson the extension last summer, I mean, you have to keep in mind he's coming off a really poor performance in the playoffs. And it would have been way better to tie him down at that money. And I'm not saying, like, obviously I'd much rather have had that happen. But I can't – I'm not going to sit here and kill them to death for after Brun- Brunson was getting, like, 10 minutes and averaging 10 minutes in a playoff game, like, for not having – Presented that extension right after the summer. What about you, Junior? Yeah.
1: Um. Oh yeah. I. I mean, at this point, I don't know what to believe. That's that's where I get. <laughs> that's what I get from this. Uh, if that is true, then yeah, I'm going to take a lot of blame off the Mavericks, which I don't think there was very much blame. Uh, there was some, mm-hmm. um, but I don't think. No, especially a whole lot the of
0: blame. Donnie Nelson part, like just the way the deal was structured. Yeah, no, that's where I feel like most of the blame should.
1: Yeah. If if yeah, if you want to put blame on the Mavericks, put blame on that regime. Yeah, don't put yeah. blame on the current regime, mm-hmm. uh, and now if I mean if these reports are true, uh, yeah, uh, but like I said, I don't. I mean, at this point, I don't know what to believe. There's so much blue and coming from everywhere.
0: Johnson, yeah, yeah. Like I don't know. <laughs> like we said, we're just ready to move past it. Um. So yeah, I guess next. Um, per Sam Amico, the Mavs are interested in the pursuit of Colin Sexton. Um, this is on Sam Amico's Twitter and leave you like a little story about it. I do not know the credibility of Sam Amico and be quite honest with you. Um, I'm not trying to like invalidate him as a reporter or anything like that. I'm, I just like earnestly, like have not like read much of his stuff or like known deals that he's reported. So I just don't want to speak to him on that front. He may be like, he may have a good track record. I'm not trying to get that. I mean, he's just not like one of the, like the big guys, I guess that, yeah, you know, report stuff. But, you know, uh, reportedly the Mavs do have interest in a Colin Sexton sign-and-trade. Um, as, as I started to get into this a little more just doing a little research, you know, obviously went to CBA Mavs for, you know, my one-stop shop for um, any questions in regards to the CBA that I have and did a little bit of research. And it does seem like a Colin Sexton sign-and-trade would indeed be possible, but it would just be extremely hard there's a BYC rule in regards to sign signing trades, which basically means that the team sending salary, which obviously would be the Cavs, whatever they sign Colin Sexton to, they'd only be sending out 50% of the whatever he signs for. Like let's say he signs for 20 million, they'd only be sending out 10%. So just to make the trade math work, the Mavs would have to get really particular. With who they're sending out, and they likely couldn't do it straight up, just like with the Cavs, they'd have to include a third team to take on some assets. And would I and me and Jaron kind of looked into Colin Sexton a little bit today? And would I love Colin uh, sexton from the value standpoint, especially if the mask could if he ends up signing for like 16 to 18 million? Yes, I just don't know particularly how feasible it would be. Yeah, In the 2020-2021 season, before Colin Sexton tore his meniscus this past year, he only played 11 games this year before he tore his meniscus in November, um, in which he didn't really have the best start to the season. But like I said, it's 11 games. I'm not going to judge him off that small of a sample size. He played 60 games, shot 37% from three, averaged 24.3 points per game, boosted his assist up to 4.4 assists per game, and shot 47 and a half from the field, which I was very surprised about that he was shooting almost 50% from the field. I did not think he had that sort of efficiency. So, and Colin Sexton is only 23. He doesn't turn 24 till the beginning of January. So do I think Colin Sexton would solve all the Mavs issues in regards to the hole that they just had with Brunson? Not necessarily, because I think Brunson's a way more savvy offensive player. Maybe not from a scoring perspective and like just like a pure bucket-getting perspective. But I think Brunson is – his assist-to-turnover ratio is a lot better. Brunson's just a really smart player, and I think he's a way better playmaker. But that being said, I think Brunson – I think Colin Sexton does have a higher ceiling than Brunson. And obviously, this is kind of all – um, like I said, this isn't the most feasible thing in the world just because you'd have to do a three-team sign and trade to even like make this work. And the Mavs would be hard capped if they did it. So it'd be hard for them to their future flexibility be extremely limited. Yeah. Um, but what do you think just just from a fit standpoint of calling Sexton into the Mavs?
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, what uh what what year was it? What was it 2020, 2021? Mm-hmm. Um, where he had that pretty good little stint, with yeah. The Cavs, yeah. Um, he would be flat out. He would be asked to do a lot, a lot less than that. Uh, which, oh, yeah, in some case, that may actually help out a player.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, you also. Are have we in agreement of, though that he would probably start over Dinwiddie.
1: No, uh, without a doubt.
0: I think yeah. he would. I think he'd be the starting
1: guard. At well, at,
0: no, yeah, and put I, a, I, And one thing, call. I mean, Colin Sexton. He is the same height as Brunson. They're both shorter guys at six one, but he's definitely way more athletic. He plays, by no means, is Colin Sexton some like elite NBA defender. Like he's not, you know, the Patrick Beverly or like Dejounte Murray, the point guard position. It's going to be able to like lock down dudes on a nightly basis, you know, from that one to two spot. But he's he has a six six wingspan at six one, and I'll be damned if that dude does not try as hard as he can on every possession on defense that I've seen. So I do, I do think he's in a, a slightly above average defender, especially for his position, as in given his height limitations.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, any, uh, I guess, really a lot of highlights. I And I, I really don't know a whole lot about him, if I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that he was a lottery pick, I believe, out of Alabama.
0: Yep. Eighth pick um, and Lucas draft.
1: Yeah. Uh, and, I, I mean, out of all the highlights that I have seen from him, half of them are on the defensive end. Mm-hmm. Strictly because he puts in a lot of effort.
0: Yeah, and I mean, like I said, I just think the ceiling play with him—if you could get him—and um, that you know, fifteen to eighteen range, you know—and this is a big what if, obviously. Like I'm not saying that the Mavericks even necessarily have the assets to do this to facilitate this sort of three-team sign trade, but you know, sec- you know, especially with the Cavs having signed Ricky Rubio, if the mask could pull off something like this. And I would be head over heels. Like, I think at that point I can like confidently say that, you know, the Mavs at least took a swing that, hey, could end up panning out better than Robinson ever did. Not necessarily saying that that would be the case, but they at least took a swing that I would definitely be very excited if that was happened. But I don't necessarily think the Colin Sexton stuff has a lot of credence to it. I'm not putting a lot of faith in that actually happening but if that were to happen, I would definitely be ecstatic about that, especially if the Mavs could take back like a young wing in that deal, do some sort of two-for-one trade with – or three-for-two trade with Hardway Jr. and Josh Green. Mavs, Mavs would definitely have to send out some picks in that, which is what I'd be worried about. I feel like the uh. Mavs would have to send out a first in some sort of deal like that, which if the Mavs sent out maybe like a 2027 first, I'd be a lot more comfortable with that than like a twenty twenty five. But – um, I definitely would not give up more than one first in a deal like that. What about you?
1: No, I, I mean, definitely,
0: yeah. like,
1: yeah. still, he's, he's a guy, I guess, ever since these rumors I don't know if you want to call them credible, uh, ever since these rumors started, he's a guy that I've really been drooling over, yeah, just because uh, of the potential, like, yeah, potential, yeah.
0: I mean, Colin Sexton is not the playmaker Brunson is, he definitely, but I mean, he's. Shot 37% or above from three in all three seasons that he's played 60 games or above, barring the last season where he obviously only played 11 games. So, he's a better shooter than people give him credit for, and he has better efficiency. And, I mean, you know, I'm not going to knock – I mean, he averaged 24.3 points per game in his third year, even though he only played 60 games. Like, there's a lot of potential there. And, you know, I feel like being asked to not be the primary creator because before Garland came along this year, I mean, he was the main guy for the Cavs. Yeah, so I think that could help him a lot, but you know, I would love a play at a Colin Sexton sign and trade. I just don't know how applicable it would be because with all the cap machinations and things going into that, it just seems like it would be really hard to pull off.
1: There, there'd be a lot of
0: things needed
1: needing to go right in order. Yeah, for and to air,
0: like all three teams would have to be satisfied and something like that. So, but you know, that would definitely be helpful. And you know, uh, but I'm like I said, we're gonna stay optimistic that the Mavs can make some sort of move um here going forward. I hope this is not the end. I feel like at this point we need to be
1: the optimistic mainstream Mavs podcast. (laughs) I I feel like we've really had nothing negative to say, and that's saying a lot. So yeah, no,
0: well, we do have um we'll run through some quick things here in a second. Um, just a couple quick bits and then we'll end the pod. But you know, we do have I-, I would push back on that a little bit. Like we've had like, oh, yeah, but- things where like we kind of like we express our negativity, but we kind of just do it like in like little one-liners and stuff like that. We don't like going like a whole tangent. But you know, there will be times where I will that, you know, we're gonna express more negative outlooks on things. I think the reason we haven't got too negative as of yet is because the Jalen Brunson thing more, I think more so just made us sad as of everything. We were so, know, more than anything. <laughs> we were talking about that before the pot. I really just don't know how much more the Mavs could have done that situation besides obviously Donnie Nelson structuring the deal differently in 2018. Um, but the reason, you know, I'm cautiously optimistic right now is because, you know, it's only a couple days in, you know, none of the fallout stuff from the Durant trade or the Kyrie trade has happened. There's still a lot of moves to be made around the league, despite if there's really not a lot of signings left to be made. So I'm cautiously optimistic the Mavs can still go get another wing and maybe get rid of Dwight Powell and just make a couple more moves that would, you know, maybe not, that would, you know, not have me thinking that the roster was better had Brunson stayed, but just leave me way more confident and at least, leave me thinking that there's still a different ceiling for this team to reach to in the 2022-2023 season. Yeah. Now, that being said, the Mavs have been, you know, they have stopped free agency pretty early in some years and not made really any moves after like outside the first two days, even though we thought, oh, they're for sure have a trade coming. But before, I just want to save my negativity until the Mavs don't do something. If it's two weeks from now and Kevin Durant's been traded and the Mavs haven't made, like, any trades or anything, you could definitely catch us going, getting like a very negative outlook on our pod and we'll probably go on a rant and stuff but right now i'm just kind of waiting for them to do something so i don't want to like judge the roster in its current state what about you jern
1: no yeah um there i mean there hasn't been anything too mad i guess uh i mean besides the Jalen brunson thing but like you said we were more sad than anything right and there wasn't especially looking at it now um if some of these reports are true there's really not a whole lot the mavericks could have done Mm -hmm. uh now with that being said uh like you just said with let's say two weeks in the future something happens and the mavericks haven't made a single move from there on uh, yeah like there will be a lot of frustration as there as there has been in the past right um but yeah i mean right now I think we're trying to maximize the potential that this roster has now without JB. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that that hurt saying JB. Now I gotta yeah. say Bronson now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, don't don't
0: don't give him the initial credit. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh,
1: but yeah, I mean, I, I think I think we're moving in the step to be a better team than we were last year. Now that's not saying that we could have been better with Jalen Bronson. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think we're moving it in the step of the right direction. But only time will tell. So we Yeah, no,
0: only time will tell. And, I mean, regardless of what the Mavs do here and out from free agency, I don't really know if there's a move that they could make, especially given their limited flexibility with who they can trade and stuff. That's going to, you know, unless they just pull something, you know, completely out of themselves that I just did not expect. I don't think there's a move that they could make that's going to be, you know, leave me saying, like we have said a million times on this pod oh, wow, they're they're better now that they did this versus having just kept Brunson. I don't think there's a move that they would do that would leave me thinking that. There, there could be some things that they could do, though, that could be like, okay, well, I could see if this and this and this goes right, they might be a better team. Yeah. But, you know, we're just hoping for that move to come. And, you know, like I said, it's going to be a totally different conversation if that move doesn't happen in a few weeks. Um, so, yeah, we'll just run through, like, a couple things really quickly. Um, a lot of Mavs fans were a little bit in outrage today um mark cuban who notoriously responds to like any emails or dms <laughs> that fans sent him like you know puts his fanship and his ownership kind of two and two combined sometimes responded to a fan today who was like proposing a Kyrie sign and trade to the mavericks thank god it wasn't like a colin sexton sign and trade because i would have probably crushed my dreams because mark would have also known <laughs> to that even though that's still not gonna happen but um And Mark Cuban said, um, don't quit your day job, man. And the fan took a (laughs) screenshot and DMed and um, retweeted on Twitter. Uh, This is just classic Cuban. Uh, I don't necessarily agree with some of his antics in terms of his involvement, talking with fans. I just feel like it's a little unprofessional. And it's just like, it's just a little cringe to me. What about you, Jaren?
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, that's Mark Cuban for you, though. Yeah. Uh, if I if I had a phrase though is, is just don't stir the bees up.
0: Um, yeah.
1: <laughs> any any Dallas fan base I feel like can get stirred up pretty easily, and that's that's one way to start them up. So.
0: No. Yeah. I. So I mean I I find it more comical than anything because I didn't really like. Yeah, it's a. I think it's funny. Yeah, it wasn't like anything. Like there's been instances where I've been a lot more pissed at Cuban in past in the past. Um, this one wasn't really a big deal to me. It was just some little news. And also coming up on. Um, June uh, July 8th, Jaren pointed this out to me today. The Mavericks will have their first summer league game versus the Chicago Bulls. We'll get to see Jaden Hardy, um, Moses Wright, um, Jalen LeQ. Oh, Jalen LeQ. And I, as I say, LeKigi, we'll get to see Jalen Yeah. Some yeah, some <laughs> yeah. Um, uh,
1: but yeah, they're playing Chicago, I think 3 p.m. Eastern time, so 2 p.m. Mm-hmm. Central. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I don't really know a lot about Chicago. Yeah. I don't know who's on their yeah. roster. Jaden
0: Hardy's going to have to carry the Mavs hard because um, I don't see the Mavs winning the Summer League championship this year because have you seen the roster that Detroit's rolling out to Summer
1: League? Uh, dude, I haven't seen any of the roster besides- Basically,
0: their whole actual NBA roster is their summer wow. League roster. <laughs> they got Isaiah Stewart, Killian Hayes, Cade Cunningham. i um, forgetting some guys. Saban Lee's playing. Um, I don't think Sadiq Bey is playing, but, oh, uh, Jay Ivy too.
1: I, I understand Jay Ivy. I don't understand. Yeah, he, all, he, all I mean, the other I mean, ones. I mean, like
0: Isaiah Stewart and Cade, but, uh, I don't know, man. I I mean, that team at that team point, they're just, they're just in it to win it. But, hey, good for them. At that in, point, if you want to be 2022 champions or something, then throw your own wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I think we're going to go ahead and end the pod there. Glad we were able to dish out some free agency discovery. Like I said, guys, just kind of stay tuned. Um, in terms of what the Mavs are gonna do, hopefully they get something ironed out soon. But we're just gonna have to kind of play the waiting game with this. I'm not really gonna be tripping until the Kevin Durant moves happen, because I feel like that's where all the all the cards fall. But if the Mavs still don't do something after the Kevin Durant move. Um, then yes, you will. Um,
1: you'll see. Definitely us
0: catch some fiery Will and Darren on the pod. Um, <laughs> in terms of our next podcast, we are not gonna be podcasting on the fourth of July. But we might have a pot out tomorrow. Still uh, kind of yeah. out there. Um, so it's either gonna be Sunday or Tuesday. Does that work for you, Jordan?
1: Uh, I mean, uh, yeah. I can I can do a pot on fourth of July too.
0: I think that'd be a fun. But no, yeah, we could do that. Yeah, we, we so it it's either Monday. We'll we'll go fourth of July at the latest, but possibly tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're just gonna have to kind of see how pans, things pan out. I almost said that completely wrong. But anyways, um Thank you guys for listening. If you made it this far in the pod, and God bless you. Um, I don't know it. out of our very few listeners so far, but we're going to continue grinding. We're not just going to be a podcast that starts and gets inconsistent. We're going to keep putting out episodes. We're, it's we're really about this. Yeah, no, we yeah, really enjoyed this. Even though we don't have many viewers or many Twitter Twitter followers, we've really enjoyed putting out content. We're just going to keep building and keep becoming more consistent and keep getting better at this. You know, we know we have some lapses in terms of our quality, and you know we know we could get better at certain talking points, but we're just gonna keep working, guys, and we guys if you've made it this far in the pod, we really appreciate it. anyways, that's gonna wrap it up for today. We still have not figured out an outro because we are just too hereditarily uh, lazy, but we're gonna really work on that soon. When me and Jerry, next time we meet up in'll we'll set a hey, day for it. we're gonna we're gonna make a whole day. It just a, for like a whole two hours just to find out a legitimate outro but that being said um mainstream mavs is out this is will um i'm here with jaren and we will see you guys on the next pod
1: peace out guys